welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, along with my co-host, Micah Maddox, and today and next week, we are talking about back-to-school checklists, but not just any checklist, a spiritual checklist. You know, going back to school is not for sissies, Micah. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. We need to be spiritually prepared to handle this season. It's challenging for both children and parents who both experience peer pressure of different kinds. So Micah and I thought it would be helpful to come up with a spiritual checklist for back to school in a two-part episode for children this week and parents next week. You know, Micah, it is so challenging today to prepare our children for what faces them in school, whether it is public school, private school, homeschool, virtual school, whatever method we use, inevitably there are challenges that our children will face and we need to prepare them for it. So I'm excited for us to discuss a spiritual checklist that maybe parents can print out put on their fridge to encourage them as well as their children, maybe even laminate and put in their binder. Yeah, Denise, you know, I think it's so important that we evaluate the spiritual tone and tune of ourselves and of our kids Mm. as we jump into school. It's a whole new routine. It's a whole new schedule. And if we're not careful, the enemy just creeps in and overtakes us. Definitely. And didn't your kids just start back this past week? Yes, so kids are back in school, and I'm trying to figure out my purpose. (laughs) Who I am, what I'm doing with my life. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I think I've got the whole spectrum cover because I've got three kids at one university and all that that entails. I started a new homeschool co-op with my youngest kid this past week and he starts virtual school next week. Wow. And there's needs that all of them have, even in college, you know, that I want to help prepare them for. But I'm just so grateful for the freedom to choose how we educate our children And the most important education we as parents, though, need to provide is a spiritual one, laying a foundation for a relationship with the God of this universe and how to rightly handle his word and apply it to our lives. I love the scripture for today that frames up this discussion so well. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 8. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. More than anything, I want my children to love God and to seek wisdom, and it can be scary to send them out into the world. Yeah, I agree. You know, I I really have this desire to... Put, put in my children's hearts just a love for God, a love for mm-hmm. His Word. And it's really hard to, on that first day of school, pull up and let them out and they walk into the building and I'm like, I don't know about you. Well, you homeschooled, so you didn't experience this. This is a real thing, okay? And for those parents who meet their kid at the corner and they put them on the bus, I can imagine that it's just as hard as what I went through as I drove up, my kid walks in, the door closes, and I'm like... The tears start. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to trust, yes. right? Mm-hmm. To trust God, to trust the teachers, to trust, even though we know they have good teachers who are qualified and educated, it's hard to place our kids in anyone else's hands 
for the day. But then on, in the same thought, it's really easy to place them in someone else's hands <laughs> whenever you've had that long summer of crazy. And I think all the moms out there would be saying amen. But we really have to trust that God is in control of our kids' lives, mm-hmm. right? And God loves them just as much as we do. And whenever they are surrounded by influences, good or bad, we have as parents that necessity to trust the Lord. Yes, this is where trust comes in. And, you know, I will tell you, I did have a season where my littlest one I had to put on a school bus. Mm. And it was at a time of complete brokenness in my life. And I I found myself weeping, you know, putting him on the school bus and and seeing a kid reach out to hit him. <gasps> and I thought, oh, no. No more school bus. <laughs> right. Mama bear is coming out. <laughs> um, you know, so we tried different things like, let me instruct the school bus driver. Let's sit him in right there, seat him right there in the front row. But ultimately, you know, I did start driving him there too. But it is uh, so challenging. And, you know, as we are um, seeking to trust God, you know, with the education and, and even other people to educate them well, We need to let go of some aspects and at the same time strengthen the foundation of their faith so that they can start to carry the torch in faith and know how to navigate challenging situations that arise. It's like I always tell my children, I I ask them to please ask God for wisdom. And that's a great place to start with our spiritual checklist, don't you think, Micah? I do. You know, as we send our children for an education or as we educate them at home, at the top of our checklist should be seeking wisdom. So number one for today is to seek wisdom. Education is knowledge and wisdom is knowledge applied. We aren't going out for an education just to become worldly. and We don't want an education in worldliness. We want an education that is going to equip us so that we can be godly and we can choose wisdom. Definitely. So for the kids, your number one is to seek wisdom. And I think about Solomon and how God asked him to choose anything that he wanted to ask for, anything. And he chose wisdom to remind our children to seek wisdom, to ask for wisdom as the first thing they would seek in their education. Wisdom, not fitting in, not popularity, not even our own achievement for our own glory, but seeking wisdom above all else. Yeah, it's such a powerful thing as a parent to be able to teach our children this. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's like one thing we could teach our kids, it would be, hey, seek wisdom. Listen to God's wisdom. We use the word sometimes in our house, don't be foolish. Yes. You know, don't oh, yeah. be foolish. That's foolish behavior. And I'm like, the opposite of that is wisdom. And I'm, I'm convicted even now, maybe I need to use the positive side of it more often and say, instead of saying, don't be foolish, let's be wise. Yes. Let's seek mm-hmm. wisdom. Well, wisdom leads us to the purpose in all we do, which is number two on our spiritual checklist today, seeking God's glory in our education. How can we honor God in our education? Yes, a great scripture behind this principle is taken from 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Once again, Solomon (laughs) also said that the chief end of man was to fear God. Part of what that looks like is to live a life that glorifies Him. That isn't about us, but about Him, our Creator. So in our educational pursuits, are we seeking to glorify God or ourselves? 
This is so good. I read this verse on the first day of school, and it was like God just really impressed upon my heart. No matter what we're doing, no matter if we're sending our kids off to school, no matter if we're sitting down to sip our coffee, no matter what we do, are we doing it for the glory of God? And it's something we can teach our children every single day. Mm -hmm. Are you living for the glory of the Lord? So this brings us to number three, part of glorifying God is sharing him with the world. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. we can be shy or afraid of men and the fear of man can keep us from reaching those around us. But number three would be how can we be a light amongst the people that that we are receiving an education from or our peers? So how can you be a light in that classroom, whether that classroom is at home or whether that classroom is in a school setting? How can you be a light? And I'll tell you, as a homeschool mama, it's nice when your kids are a light. <laughs> because sometimes, you know, like you talk about foolish, another word, F word that we use in our house was flesh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> because the flesh doesn't want to do the right thing. The flesh doesn't. And, and so to be a light, I mean, that is so refreshing to a teacher or, you know, even to peers, you know, instead of, it's almost like it's popular to complain. Mm. You're right. You know, kids have that that frumpy attitude. Yeah, you know, I got an if. You know, they're bragging about it, you know. Right. But to be a light and, and not worry about being called a nerd or something because you're doing that, you know. This is so important. And just one scripture behind that is Psalm 105.1. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. You know, that means we're not ashamed not ashamed to proclaim the name of God. But you know, shame and bullying can keep people from living for Christ in school and keep us from sharing the one thing that people around us need more than anything, to know God. We are all on a mission and we cannot forget that. Even in school, kids, when you're going out there, you have to know that the most important thing isn't, does this person like my outfit? Does this person think I'm neat? But does that person know Jesus? Our mission is in the home, it's in the workplace, it's in church, and it is in school. We can be a light by not going with the crowd and by reflecting Christ in all we do. That's right. That brings us to number four, which is be careful with the friends that we surround ourselves with. Mm. It's so hard when people break into different cliques and they exclude others. And it might seem easy to just go with the crowd. But when we're seeking to obey God, we realize that just like the one bad apple and the bag of apples will affect all the apples around it, our light can be dimmed if we are allowing ourselves to be affected by those around us instead of affecting them. Mm. So when someone obviously has poor character and makes bad choices, we need to teach our children to have boundaries and really to exercise wisdom in those situations. Amen. That has been a huge principle that I shared over and over again with my kids when they're real little. And I remember them saying, what does that mean, mom? You know, what, what does the scripture mean? And here's the scripture I used to share with them. First Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. You know, we can't put our kids in a bubble. We can't perfectly control the atmosphere that they are in, even if we homeschool. There are principles from God's word that help us as we interact with the world and prepare our children's hearts. 
This principle is hard because people can think that we are teaching judgmentalism. Like, oh, bad company. Uh, I can't hang with you. <laughs> you, you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and it's not like our kids are perfect because they may be bad company sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but God's word also says to come out from amongst them and be separate. And it isn't exclusivity. That's not at all what we're talking about. But we're to be different. We're not to be just following the sinful patterns of the world. And we can choose to love those who are being evil. That's a beautiful thing, but that doesn't mean we follow them. It also doesn't mean we hang out with them exclusively. But we can reach out to them, share the gospel with them, and show the love of Christ without being corrupted. And the Bible also says that we should not be polluted by the world. So this is a challenging thing to be in the world and not of it. Such a valuable lesson for not only our kids, but also ourselves is to, mm-hmm. to love those around us, but to be different. Yes. Really proves how to be a light. And we, we are a light when we love mm-hmm. others, right? Mm-hmm. So this brings us to number five. One way we are a light is by being excellent. Now, this does not mean that we seek our own glory and live a puffed up life, <laughs> but it means that we want to give God our very best. People can be distracted by all the drama that can happen when you assemble a group of people. And this could even be in our homes. But we have to instill character that says we're going to give our very best because that is what God requires. Now, this may sound a little scary or legalistic to some people, but what we want to encourage you here is that God is a God of order. Let all things be done decently and in order, the Bible says. And we want to be sure that we are following God's character in this way in our lives. Well, this is, and I appreciate the fact that you said in the home too, because things can get messy in the home and you're surrounded by dishes and you got uh, siblings who maybe want to fight with each other. This was years ago now. Now I've just got one. So it's a very different environment. But it is so important that we live this out in our home too and being excellent. Ooh, that was hard for me as a parent to tell my kids that's not good enough. Mm. You know, you have to <laughs> redo that assignment because sometimes it would be lazily done. And it's easy to enable in that, but that's next week's checklist, right? (laughs) (laughs) But Colossians 3, 24 through 25 instructs us in what you just shared too. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. His word says that in everything we do, we should give it a very best, our very best for his glory. School is hard and sometimes a lot of pressure as our children will try to study hard and take tests. Sometimes they'll fail. Sometimes they'll do really well. But at all times, to give God glory by giving our best is what matters. The results are up to him. This does bring me to number six, which is honesty. If we are excellent, but we are excellent because we are we cheated. <laughs> <laughs> That obviously doesn't glorify God. And I'm going to tell you, I caught my kids in that a couple of times. I'm not saying names. And we actually aren't learning more and not getting wisdom by cheating off of someone else. Yes, you're exactly right. Proverbs 12, 22 reminds us of the importance of being honest. It says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Number seven is be kind. And I love this one. We have a little sign in our house and I bought it when we were homeschooling. And now I've put it in one of my children's rooms. I won't tell you which one, (laughs) but it says, always be kinder than you feel. 
And it reminds me when I'm sitting in this child's room, it reminds me to be kinder than I feel towards that child when I'm correcting them, mm-hmm. right? But this is so important to teach our kids to, in as an example, but then to try to help them implement it in their lives. Look for those who need a friend. This is so important. It really is called the golden rule, so to speak, right out of Luke 6.31. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. We all have had those moments where we felt unwanted, had no friends, looking for those who are sitting alone and befriending them, even if others aren't. Wow, what a witness this is. And our God who sees will reward us. Speaking of being kind, we should be kind to those who are instructing us, leading us to number eight, be thankful and grateful for those who invest in your education. Don't make it difficult for them. (laughs) (laughs) This is so true. So I've taught in the classroom setting and in the home setting, and I really appreciate this. Don't make it difficult on the teacher, right? Psalms 50, 23 says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. This brings us to number nine on our checklist. Be an example. Taken from 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. This can be so hard for children and adults, but so very necessary. We can't say we believe something if we are not living it out. This is authenticity that the world needs so much to see, to be able to believe this great God we say we believe in. So key. It's so key for just the reality of living the Christian life. You know, we can say we are a follower of Christ. We are a Christian, but if we are not living like it, we are living, we're living a lie. Well, and that scripture you shared was so, so applicable to all of us. But when it, I love how it says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Kids can sometimes try to scapegoat, well, I'm just a kid. Or mm. people will give them that. No. Right. You know the truth. That's right. Then you should live it if you know it, you know? And, and it's not, I'm not saying that in a condemning way. Right. <laughs> but this is such a challenge, you know, it, there's a mediocrity that is being passed through our culture. Just do bare minimum to get by. Mm. That's not what God says. Even if you're young, you can be an example. You know, number 10 on our checklist is to have God's word hidden in your heart and ready, seasoning your speech. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, and it reminds us of the necessity of doing this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This requires discipline. Mm. We deceive ourselves if we claim to be Christian but don't spend any time with Christ and His Word. We have to be in His Word daily. Don't let His Word be crowded out by busy life. And when we have His Word in our hearts, it keeps us away from sin and helps us to encourage others to do the same thing. This can be culture-changing. And and might I encourage kids, Google. You are in the day of Google. (laughs) You have a struggle Right then, instead of trying to think, what can I, you know, lean on your own understanding, lean on God's understanding and get into his word. Google that topic, say scripture about and hit it and go and then paste that wherever you need to paste it. Just be in his word. It will help you. You know, I loved what you said 
about not getting too busy that God's word is crowded out. Mm -hmm. I think this is so key for parents to make sure that we are not living such a busy life that we don't be an example to our kids of seeking God's word. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I really love, and this is just a personal opinion, so you can take it or you can leave it, but I really love to take out my physical Bible and open it and let my kids see it open. Mm -hmm. You know, in this day and age, we're going to see everybody on their phones all the time. Yes. We see that everywhere around us. So that's not different. Mm -hmm. But when they see the physical word of God, even my, my little toddler, he'll say, mommy, you read the Bible? And I'm like, yes, mommy's reading the Bible. Do you want to read the Bible? And he knows the difference between a book and a Bible. Yes. And I'm like, how beautiful. This is so, so key to be hiding God's word in, mm -hmm. in our hearts as parents, but then encouraging our children to do the same. What a powerful spiritual checklist to start out this school year. And all the parents out there, as you are listening, I want to encourage you to tune in next week. We're going to be giving 10 things that you can do as parents to in, encourage yourself along. Now, if you are not a parent and you're like, I don't have a kid in school, this doesn't really apply to me. These are things that you can do in your home, no matter if it, you have a child or not. You can apply these to your own life. The radical grace today is when God's word is paramount in our lives. He gives us the grace to live it out. The raw truth is that without God's guidance and wisdom, we will not live out the life he intended us to live. And the real hope is when we apply his timeless principles to our lives, we impact those around us to do the same. Thank you for listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.